Welcome to the Fabulous Broads podcast. Grab yourself a drink and join the conversation about life after 50. My name is Maria Manettis, and whether I'm solo or chatting with the guest, I'll be bringing you weekly stories of exploring and defining midlife, one day at a time. Today, I am interviewing the lovely Dr. Soma Mandal, a board-certified internist, women's health specialist at Summit Medical Group, and author of the book, Dear Menopause, I Do Not Fear You. Uh, With humor and practical medical advice, Dr. Mandel has written a guide for all women approaching menopause. And let me tell you, I love this book. Dr. Mandel, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for inviting me, Maria. Oh, well, I'm happy we could get it together in this crazy week of Thanksgiving. But I always ask all of my interviewers a question, just a few to break the ice before we get to know you better. What? is your favorite cocktail or beverage? So I have many. <laughs> oh, good, a woman after my own heart. <laughs> it depends on where I am and what I'm doing. So if I'm at work, just plain water is, you know, uh, the key to my sustenance. And, you know, given, you know, the, uh, the tasks that we are at hand with, with COVID and everything, you know, and wearing masks all day, I can't get enough water. So um, that's what sustains me during the day. Um, At home, uh, if I'm relaxing and, you know, it's a Friday night um, and I don't have to go to work the next day, then my beverage of choice is either a Pinot Grigio or uh, maybe a Chardonnay. (laughs) Oh, well, Um, I have both chilling in my refrigerator right now. So (laughs) we are kindred spirits. And then as far as cocktails go, it's been a while since I've had a cocktail with COVID and all, but um, a good old-fashioned mojito or um, my own little concoction of just some uh, cranberry juice, uh, plain seltzer water, and some Grey Goose vodka. Oh, well, you know, Dr. Mandel, I have a feeling we are kindred spirits and we would be wonderful as friends, I think, because we (laughs) like the same things. Wonderful. Um, Well, okay, I'm going to clearly have all of those things this week because it's just going to be one of those weeks. But tell us, I mean, now it's a stressful time, holidays, COVID, everything's hitting us all at once. And, you know, for those of us who are menopause, premenopause, it's all just coming down on our heads. What's your favorite self-care tip when things just are crazy? So I, I, I try to do this for myself. Um, and I definitely, you know, recommend it for all my women patients to basically take out a little time. And it doesn't mean an hour or two hours, mm-hmm. but like 15 minutes. And in that 15 minutes, you can do some meditation, do some yoga, um, you know, take, you know, a moment of silence. And that does a lot to cool, calm down the nerves and help you relax. Okay, I'm going to schedule that into my day today because <laughs> it's a week, I'm telling you. Who does all this Thanksgiving prep and cooking? Me. That's who. <laughs> um, doctor, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mentioned a little bit about where you work and all that, but I don't know, just give us a little insight into who you are. Uh, sure. Sure, I'm a, I'm a mom, I'm a wife. I'm an internist by training. Uh, I went to NYU for medical school and college as well, and I did my internship and residency there. 
but it wasn't until years after when I was, you know, fully in private practice where I discovered this love for women's health and just came about kind of naturally where I attracted a lot of women patients to my practice and obviously still do and um, realized that I loved it and had a real rapport with my women patients and I, and I really enjoyed speaking with them, learning about them, helping them. Um, and I think, I think in a way it helps me um, to understand women, you know, what, whatever it is, whether it's anxiety and depression, menopause, fertility issues, heart issues, diabetes, it helps me understand about things that I might be facing, um, you know, depending on what stage of life I'm, I'm in. Right. And we have so many stages of life and so many yes. changes in our bodies. And I, um, I got your book last week. I started reading it mainly because I am 57. I've been in menopause for a couple of years now. And um, as I was reading, of course, I'm Greek. And I noticed that you said Aristotle even observed that women between 40 and 50 years old stopped bearing children. And there was something to that. Uh, is that the usual age range that menopause starts around that time? And, and what led you to kind of focus on this? I mean, what led you to write this book? Is it just yeah. something that keeps coming up, all these different health concerns of women in your practice? So, you know, Marie, I can share with you that I am 49. And, you know, I, I think, you know, one thing that has always, you know, boggled my mind is that we, you know, go through life, puberty, um, you know, childbirth, um, you know, breastfeeding, all sorts of stuff. And there's a good amount of information, um, you know, for us um, to understand all those different things and what we need to do. But then suddenly, boom, we're in this stage and people don't understand, women don't understand what's happening with their own bodies. They don't understand that menopause isn't a a point in time. It, it's a process that starts um, and it can start as early as your late 30s mm -hmm. um, on a natural level. I mean, there are some, you know, situations where, you know, surgical issues, uh, if you've had your ovaries out and such, or if you go through, you know, uh, premature menopause, um, those are exceptions. But, you know, for most women, this process starts anywhere from your late 30s all the way, you know, to your mid or even upper 50s. That's where I am right now. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I started just having irregular periods and then, um, you know, a little bit of weight gain, which was unusual because I was always the same size for years mm -hmm. and years. What are, I mean, there's a lot of myths, you know, I hear, oh, hot flashes. Oh, you're going to have mood swings. What what else should we expect? Like, what are some of the signs that menopause is coming for us? So for, you know, it, it really differs for person to person. So it's mm -hmm. very, it's a very individual process. And that, and I think that's what adds to the confusion too. So no one person is going to have the same symptoms, if you want to call it that, as the next person. Some women experience nothing. Um, and that's, you know, that's a blessing. Um, Lucky. <laughs> and then some women, you know, have a few things and it can range from anything to feeling tired, headaches, joint pains, hot flashes, um, mood swings, 
um, all sorts of stuff. Um, and for some people, it doesn't start until, you know, they're fully into menopause. And for some women, even when they're still having their menstrual cycles, where they're edging closer to that, you know, stage, that those symptoms can start even before their period officially stops. Now, is it, uh, would you say that it's uh, sort of follows a pattern in terms of when your mother uh, had menopause or started menopause that you will necessarily follow the same way? My mom happened to have um, a hysterectomy. Mm -hmm. So it was a little different. I really didn't know when she would have naturally hit menopause. Um, is that something that you can base maybe your time frame on or it, it just varies? Not entirely. So we know based on research that, you know, it might determine a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, but it does not determine, you know, the, you, you will, it won't necessarily determine the exact age based on when your, you know, a close relative like a mother or a sister went through menopause. Okay. I'm just curious because I, as I was looking through your book, you talk about gray hair, which, you know, is starting to come out. We talk about weight gain, which we've talked about, movement, meditation. What about um, hormone replacement therapy or supplements? I mean, is that, I mean, for me now, I don't really know what I would take. My symptoms are are not that great, but if I'm in the middle of like hot flashes and all these problems, what are my uh, sort of, what can I ask my doctor about that might help alleviate some of those symptoms? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, I always tell patients, um, you know, it takes, especially if that's a new patient, you know, for me, that it takes some time to gather the history, understand you know, uh, what their family history is about, obviously figure out what exactly the, the patient is experiencing. Um, sometimes it takes two or three visits to, to understand that and, and come up with something. Um, the rule of thumb these days is not every woman needs, um, you know, hormone replacement therapy. There are times when the symptoms are mild enough that you can, you know, use other types of um, treatments, whether it's like a chill pillow to keep you cool, uh, or have a little air conditioner in the room or a yes. fan. <laughs> um, so sometimes you can get, you know, those kind of things going to, to help you. Um, and then not every woman can take hormone replacement therapy uh, based on, you know, their family or personal history. Uh, for example, if there's a strong family history of breast cancer, or if the patient has had breast cancer herself. Um, and, you know, in terms of supplements, I would apply the same rule of thumb. Um, I'm very cautious about, um, you know, recommending supplements without a full comprehensive um, exam and, and uh, history taking. And then we carefully go through, you know, what other medications the patient may be taking or have tried themselves before I recommend, um, you know, supplements. There are some that I do, like black cohosh, magnesium to name a few, um, but it's very tailored to the individual patient. Yeah, I, I personally have never taken anything, but I am definitely one to get a little fan and pop it at the end of my phone. It sort of fits in and then I fan myself, but my children mm -hmm. have discovered this and they keep disappearing. So 
I would say for me, hot flashes really were the worst. And um, especially, I mean, just in the middle of the night, I think that's one of the hardest things where you wake up drenched, you know, is that, yeah. what, is, what is the most common menopause symptom that most women will get? What do you think? I think, um, you know, I think the, the, the symptom that brings women to the office are, are the hot flashes, mm -hmm. um, I believe. But I think in terms of being the most common, I think the fatigue, um, some mood issues are probably the, the things that, that are the most common that I find in this age group. And whether it's menopause or that stage in life, it's sometimes very hard to tease. Um, I do think the hormonal changes do bring about some of those um, symptoms. But again, it's, you know, it, it, you have to know your patient. So if there is someone you know, who's been even and hasn't had mood issues, and boom, she's 49 and starts having these things, then you would have to think that it's probably more related to the hormonal changes. Right. And so now, as um, perhaps you've, you've been in menopause for a few years, a, a lot of these symptoms are, are fading away. You're not getting hot flashes as often. What are some of the health challenges that come up after you've been in menopause for a few years or a decade? What, what um, does it cause something for women in terms of, I know we, we talked a little bit about maybe bone density, osteoporosis. Are there things that we need to sort of keep an eye on or do more of to help prevent any um, adverse sort of health issues in our future as we mm -hmm. go forward? Yep. So, you know, there are a lot of things and I think this is, you know, it, a lot of people think of women's health as just the gynecologic aspects, but the truth of the matter is women's health encompasses everything from our brain to our toes, and that includes heart health, your risks for diabetes, your risks for depression, osteoporosis, um, and then depending on your individual health, how that plays into um, you know, increasing other things as well. So uh, depending on, again, family history, the patient's personal history, the onset of menopause, um, I basically tailor a plan like, okay, based on your family history and the time when you went through menopause, this is when we should start screening uh, for heart issues. Um, and I tell the patient way ahead of time so she's prepared for that and it's not a surprise to her. Because there are times when a patient comes to me but, and says, but I'm, I'm not having chest pain or any difficulty breathing. I can exercise fine. And I'm like, yes, I know that, but you are still at risk based on the fact that you've got, it's been more than five years that you've been menopausal. And that increases your risk for a heart attack right there. Oh, well, I wasn't aware of that. I, I guess yes. I better get on the ball over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, in terms of heart health, we had that advantage of estrogen over men. But five years postmenopausal state, um, things e equilibrate between us and men. Um, and at that time, that's when things need to get started in terms of screening 
um, for heart disease. Uh, so I'm a big proponent of that preventative medicine, you know, to make sure that we address all those things that menopause can obviously increase the risk of. That's good to know, uh, especially since, you know, I, I tend to just think of gynecological health as the only thing I need to focus more on. I don't take medicine, you know, for anything. I, I just take some vitamins, really. So that's, it's also good to know for me to address with my primary care doctor next time I have a chat with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, um, God, this is wonderful. I cannot tell you, Dr. Mandel, how much I enjoy reading your book, Dear Thank Menopause, you. I Do Not Fear You. It's funny. It's informative. It's got some great little cartoons and quotes that just make reading it a pleasure. And I want to thank you for your generosity in offering one of our listeners a copy. So uh, what I'll do is get the copy from you. And on my Instagram page, which is uh, Fabulous Broads, I will have a little post where people can enter. And uh, I look forward to finishing the rest of the book. And also, uh, darn it, I wish you were closer because I would love to have you as my doctor. <laughs> Uh, I do appreciate your time. I know it's a crazy week and you uh, with work and everything in your family. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Thank and you, Maria. I know that everyone will find your information valuable and I will have links to your website and to your book so that people can find it and, you know, if not win a copy for themselves, purchase one. So Thank you so much for joining me and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. You too, Maria. Thank you. And everyone, thank you for listening today and stay fabulous, ladies.